0: We have decided that today is Family Sunday, A Family Sunday, and because of that, we've got our kids with us who are usually uh, in kids' worship, and obviously we've got some families participating in uh, different ways this morning, I'm glad for that. One of the things that we're doing is to help make it a little more interesting for the kids, sorry adults, they're going to be playing sermon bingo, that's right. Uh, which means the elementary kids that are in here with us today have bingo sheets, and they're going to be listening for certain words like communion. Kids, that was already mentioned, but uh, there it is. And I'm going to try to make that easy. Miss Kate and Miss Kay have worked to make it fun, and I want to try to help it be easy uh, for you to, to do that. So, kids, when you get a bingo, you take that sheet, you give it for a prize. What a deal. Just try not to yell bingo when you get it, okay? (laughs) For this month, we are looking each Sunday at one book of the Bible that is a collection of 150 songs called the Psalms. Psalms are special songs. They are the songs of Israel. They are the very first songs of the church when it began. Isn't it neat that we can go right into the middle of our Bibles, open it up and see the songs that were sung by Israel thousands of years ago and then used by the church when it began. There was at least one song from the book of Psalms that Jesus sang. We know it says right after the Last Supper, they sang and then they went out. And that probably would have come from Psalms 113 to 118, what's called the Hallel, that was normally sung at Passover. So Jesus sang from these songs. Isn't that neat? Out of all the Psalms, there are at least 16 that are about Jesus. You know, in America's short history, there have been a lot of songs that tell stories about people. Old songs that old people like me heard when they were kids. You know, songs like the Ballad of Davy Crockett, and Daniel Boone, and John Henry, and Jim Bridger, and Casey Jones. These were all people in history who had songs written about them. And you know something that they have in common? Every one of those songs were written about those men after most of them after they died some of them years after they were gone that's not such a big deal but we are looking at songs here in the Psalms that were written about Jesus and these were written about a thousand years before he was born there's a little difference there You see, one of the reasons that I can trust that this is God's Word is because only God can have David write a song about Jesus a thousand years before he's born. Amen? People don't do that. God can. I want to really know Jesus. And one of the ways that I can get to know him is by learning these songs, learning about them. And so we're calling these psalms the Jesus songs. Jesus songs, ones that we're going to be looking at here for a few more weeks. All right, question for all ages here today. If I take two slices of something and I put something in the middle of them, what is that called? A sandwich. Ding! A sandwich, that's right. You put two things, in bet- or something in between two things, you say, that's a sandwich. How many of you like sandwiches? All right. Uh, you know what? My grandson, Aaron, does not like sandwiches. He was worried a couple years ago that they would only have sandwiches in heaven to eat. <laughs> and we had to help him say, no, Aaron, I think they'll also have quesadillas. It's going to be OK. Well, for something to, have, to be a sandwich, it's got to have three parts then, right? It's got to have a top and a bottom and the middle. It's got to have at least three parts. That's how you make a sandwich. Sometimes when you eat a sandwich, you can take it apart and you can look inside of it and see what you're eating. And that's what I want to do today with Psalm 40, all right? So please open your Bible to Psalm 40 or your device to Psalm 40. That's what we're going to be looking at today. It is kind of like a sandwich. Verses 1 through 5 of Psalm 40 and verses 11 to 17 are kind of like the outside and there in the middle, verses 6 through 10 is the meat. And I want to take a look at the bread on the outside of this sandwich and then I especially want to look at the meat in the middle and then I want to talk about what we're supposed to do with this sandwich. By the way kids, I said meat. Are you paying attention? All right, so that's what we're going to do. The Jesus song for today is, is Psalm 40. It was written by King David. A lot of it seems to be about King David. That's the bread part. But tucked in the middle here are words, get this, about Jesus. Words that Jesus would have spoken about himself that tell us today some of the story of Jesus. So here's the first part of this. The first part I want you to see in this psalm is that there's trouble. (laughs) Anybody who watches the news these days already knows there's trouble, amen? There's trouble. That's not really news, that's been going on. There's been trouble in the world ever since the third chapter of Genesis. It just changes from day to day and century to century. And so as David starts Psalm 40, He's talking about some trouble in his, wa- his life. Look at verse 1. I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined to me and heard my cry. He drew me up from the pit of destruction, out of the miry bog, and set my feet upon a rock, making my steps secure. Something's going on in David's life. We're not sure exactly when in his life this was written. We're told about several times, though, in David's life that he was facing troubles as a young boy guarding his father's sheep from wild animals, still as a young young teenager facing a giant named Goliath. That's some trouble. We read about David running for his life from King Saul and then running for his life from his own son, Absalom. David faced a lot of troubles in his life. Sometime, sometime in David's life, when he was facing trouble, the words of this psalm were born. Now, this morning, if your life doesn't have any trouble, you don't need to listen to this part, all right? But if you've ever faced some kind of trouble, Or if there is ever a chance that sometime, somewhere in the future, you in your life will face some trouble, I want to encourage you to stay tuned. Because maybe if we could figure out where trouble comes from, we could keep it from being a big problem for us. And I want you to look with me and I want you to see in this Psalm, David was facing trouble and he was facing it for two basic reasons. And, and look in your own life, all right? As you're reading this, look in your own life and see if maybe this is where trouble in your life is coming from, too. The first one is it's coming from the evil around him. Look at chapter, uh, verse, verse 12, first part of that verse. He says, for evils have encompassed me, surrounded me beyond number. Then look at verse 14. Let those be put to shame and disappointed altogether who seek to snatch away my life. Let those be turned back and brought to dishonor who delight in my hurt. Let those be appalled because of their shame who say to me, aha, aha. By the way, the Hebrew there is, heyach, heyach. It's like a sinister laugh, you know, hoo, hoo, uh, 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 that, hey, Somewhere at this point in David's life, there were people who wanted to cause him harm. He said, they want to kill me. You know, you can be a person who does everything right, always thinks the right thing, always says the right thing, does the right thing, and there will still be someone who wants to hurt you. Have you noticed that? I know that's true. I know it's true because there was one who was perfect. And there were people who wanted him hurt. His name was Jesus, and he did nothing to deserve any trouble. But there were people who turned against him who even put him to death, not because of anything he did, but because he had around him evil. Jesus told his followers in John chapter 15, these were the people who were following Jesus. If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own, but because you were not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember the word I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. So I want to encourage you this week, when you watch the news and see hateful mobs of protesters, and when you see heartbreaking video of war in the world, remember that God has been telling us about this, that there is evil around us. Satan, our enemy, is called the prince of the power of the air. He is roaring like a lion, prowling around like a roaring lion. He's been on destroying God's greatest creation, and that's why you see it going on still today. It was happening to David, and it is happening today. then there's another reason for trouble in David's life. First reason is because of evil around him, right? But the second reason for trouble in David's life is himself. Look at verse 12. He says, evils have encompassed me beyond my number, my iniquities... Have overtaken me, and I cannot see. They are more than the hairs of my head. My heart fails me. Look at verse 17. As for me, I am poor and needy, but the Lord takes thought of me. The passage that Ken, Kent was reading for us earlier touches on this as well. This is one of the many Psalms, one of the many places where David is just being very transparent and very honest. About his inner self. The source of his problems in life it wasn't just everybody else. He added to the list that part of his problem, part of David's problem was David. Can you relate? I think that one thing we can do with Psalm 40 as a people and as individuals is we could join with David as we look at the source for problems in our life and have some moments of transparency and honesty where we can say, yep, the problem is... me. Not just me, you and me. Us. James reminds us to confess our sins to one another and pray for one another that we may be healed. You see, Your problem may not be that your family is just so difficult. Your problem may be that you neglect your relationships and you're not placing the good of others ahead of yourself. Your problem may not be that you're being held back at work. Your problem may be that you've been dishonest and you can't be trusted with greater responsibility. Your problem may not be that life is so unfair to you Your problem may be that you've got an overinflated idea of what you deserve. Or maybe you've made some bad choices in the past that are going to have lifelong consequences. Maybe that's part of the problem. So David looked at his situation and he wrote it here. He concluded that he, at best, was poor and needy. Okay, that's the not fun part of this message, all right? There's trouble. Can I get you to agree and go, "Uh uh-huh, there's trouble. Yep, right here in River City. But this song, Psalm 40, is also about the fact that there is help for our trouble. Even the trouble that we bring upon ourselves, there's help. If you could look at this whole psalm at once, you'd be able to see quickly where that help comes from. And I thought, you know, let's try that. Okay, there's that whole psalm right there in front of you. But then, look at where your help comes from. Oh, yeah. Verse 1, I waited patiently for the Lord. Verse 3, many will put their trust in the Lord. Verse 4, blessed is the man who makes the Lord his trust. And on and on it goes. And all of those words, by the way, that we're looking at there, not the whole psalm, but that's all from the bread part of the psalm the two the two parts on the outside I want next to get to the meat in the middle now we wouldn't be able to tell it just from reading it here in Psalm 40 but at verse six when you get into the middle there's a change it's no longer David just speaking The writer of Hebrews, in chapter 10, quotes these verses. He looks back at Psalm 40, he quotes from Psalm 40, and he applies these words to guess who? To Jesus. You see, when Jesus came to earth, when Jesus began his ministry as a man, it's as if he was speaking these words. From Psalm 40. It is a Jesus song. It is a song about himself. It is the gospel story in the middle of Psalm 40. And so as we read these verses now, starting in verse 6, I want you to imagine that Jesus is speaking these words. Here we go. In sacrifice and offering, you have not delighted, but you have given me an open ear, "'Burnt offering and sin offering you have not required. "'Then I said, Behold, I have come. "'In the scroll of the book it is written of me, "'I delight to do your will, O my God. "'Your law is within my heart. "'I have told the glad news of deliverance "'in the great congregation. "'Behold, I have not restrained my lips, "'as you know, O Lord.'" I have not hidden your deliverance within my heart. I have spoken of your faithfulness and your salvation. I have not concealed your steadfast love and your faithfulness from the, gate, the great congregation. Now, now let's talk about our help from the Lord. Of all the sacrifices in the Old Testament, think about that, all the times that God commanded Israel to offer bulls and goats and sheep and lambs and doves, all of those sacrifices were all pointing to something greater. Now, the Jewish people, they could look back at their heritage and they could look at how they did all those things and they could point to all that they did, but there needed to be something else. The blood of bulls and goats would never take away sins. In fact, Romans 3 tells us, by works of law shall no one be justified. We can't do it. Nothing we can do will ever make us right in God's sight. We need something more. And that is what Jesus here says he came to do. God had a plan. Written. About Jesus from the very foundation of the world, a plan written down. It involved him coming to earth as a baby. He grew up as a man who also was God on a mission. And that's why we find Jesus being so careful to make sure that he is at the right place at the right time to carry out the Father's will. He has come to do his will. He delivered the whole message of the Father. John chapter 4, Jesus said, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. John chapter 5, I can do nothing on my own as I hear I judge, and my judgment is just because I seek not my own will, but the will of whom? Him who sent me. Chapter 8, verse 28, I do nothing on my own authority, but speak just as whom? The Father. Taught me. Jesus came to do his will. He came to offer himself as a perfect sacrifice, the only one who could take our punishment for sins. And he did that as he did it. He showed us the perfect example of obedience to the Father. Listen, young people. If you ever want to know what it looks like to be a perfect son or a perfect daughter, look at Jesus Christ. Look at the perfect son. And learn from him. All along the way, Jesus not only was our sacrifice, he was our perfect example, and he did the delivery of the message. Look at verse 9. I have told the glad news of deliverance in the great congregation. Behold, I've not restrained my lips, as you know, O Lord. I've not hidden your deliverance within my heart. I have spoken of your faithfulness and your salvation. I've not concealed your steadfast love and your faithfulness from the great congregation. Listen, church, um, we haven't been saying a lot about it, but guess what? It's, it's Halloween time. Uh, it's time to be the best neighbor ever. A lot of you, like our neighborhood today, have that opportunity, even though it's going to be pouring rain on us, have an opportunity to be great neighbors and to do what Jesus did to say, I've delivered the message. I've given the message that the people needed to hear. That's what Jesus did. That is the meat in the middle of this psalm. It's about Jesus. In fact, The whole Bible is about Jesus. There is a problem. God sends the help that we need. And then this Jesus song contains in it also that we have a part in this. There is something for us to do. Starts in verse 1. The psalmist there, David writes, I waited patiently for the Lord. I waited patiently on the Lord, and the Lord helped me. You know, waiting on the Lord means more than just letting time pass. Waiting on the Lord does not mean, when is this guy going to be done? (laughs) Waiting on the Lord means looking to him and having hope in him and trusting in him and expecting that he's going to show up and take care of you. The command to wait on the Lord appears dozens of times in Scripture. Maybe that's where you're at this morning. Maybe you just need in your mind and in your heart today to trust that the Lord's going to show up like he says he's going to. You need to wait on the Lord. Here's something else for us to do, and that is to trust in him. Look at verse 3. He put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. Blessed is the man who makes the Lord his trust. Who does not turn to the proud, to those who go astray after a lie? I can tell you that the world this day is full of people who are going astray after a lie. They're putting their trust in the wrong things. They're putting their trust in people who seem to have power or influence. They're putting their trust, their confidence in technology or or prosperity, all kinds of things that they can get. It's a dead end. Put your trust in the Lord. Trust that his word is truth. Don't be led astray by a lie. Third thing is to seek the Lord and love his salvation. Look at verse 16, but may all who seek you rejoice and be glad in you. May those who love your salvation say continually, great is the Lord. You know, at the end of the day, there's one group of people who will have real joy in a world that's full of trouble. It is the people who seek the Lord while he may be found. John 16 says, in the world you'll have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. So this morning, if you really do trust him, it's really not a very huge step to love his salvation to want that be to be part of your life maybe you've gone through all the mental part yeah i believe who jesus is yes i believe he really lived i even believe about his claims that those are true i got it up here there's one more thing you need to do you need to love his salvation you need to get it here and you need to accept his lordship in your life. That all goes together. This morning, if if you're ready to make that decision, then you've got an opportunity to do that. Doesn't matter uh, if you are nine or ninety-nine. That's something that you can do. If you understand who Jesus is and understand your need for one who will redeem you, the only one who can. And just a moment here. Our elementary kids are gonna be coming up and they're gonna sing a song for us. It's gonna be a song to remind us of how great this God is that we're relying on. So I'm gonna give them an opportunity to to shuffle around. I'm gonna lead us in a prayer and this morning, if you are ready to make the decision to follow Jesus Christ, we would like to invite you to come during these last couple of minutes of our worship time together. Let's stand up, let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you for these words that we are able to see today, words that by inspiration of your spirit were written thousands of years ago and yet speak clearly of the work of Jesus that he would do. And Lord, we're looking back at that work today with the advantage of the whole story in front of us. So that we can thank you not only for your great plan, but for how Jesus lived that out, carried it out, and won the victory for us. And we here today uh, can follow him because of that. Father, thank you for salvation through him. Thank you for the promise of life through him. Some of us here today uh, need to make that decision to love that salvation and make it part of our lives So, Father, I pray that we'll make choices. There will be choices among us in this crowd today to follow you. Some of us have been following you for years, and yet we need to be reminded, Father, of our need for you, our ongoing need, for the cleansing work of Jesus in our lives. Thank you for your Holy Spirit, and Father, please find in us today a mind and a heart that is attuned to the direction that you want us to go. We pray this together in Jesus' name, amen.